With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here for another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets over at SBNation.com. And the Rockets are the home of the number two overall pick in this upcoming draft. We've known this for about a week now, and we haven't gone live with an episode of The Dream Take since our watch party a week ago, but I've got Michael Brown, my co-pilot here today, to talk about this number two pick and really look at the debate between the two prospects that are likely going to be up for consideration number two. But Mike, uh, how has your weekend been? How's your week been since the news of the number two pick dropped? It's all good, man. It's always good to be on with you. Um, it's been it's been a good weekend. So thank you for asking. I hope your weekend was wonderful as well. Uh, this is a very interesting topic to me because, you know, there's news that came out today. I don't know how much you believe that Detroit might be interested in Jalen Green. Um, I don't think that the number two pick is down to just Evan Mobley or Jalen Green. Let's put it that way. You know, 
I have feelings about that, and that's definitely something we will get into talking about uh, because there is a lot to talk about when it comes to the number two pick. Uh, you know, ever since, I guess, until today, maybe, you could you could say that Cade Cunningham is the undisputed number one pick, and I still think that he is, um, but we, we can discuss that. But obviously, assuming Cade Cunningham goes number one, it is going to be Evan Mobley or Jalen Green that the two teams, uh, or that the Rockets have to decide between uh, those two guys. So I just want to get your your thoughts, like just a, a quick, quick, like one minute idea of what you think about how difficult this this decision is for the Rockets. Well, it's hard. You know, it's 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 a hard decision to make because you have to decide essentially how high you think the ceiling is on both of these guys. And Evan Mobley, I think, has a pretty high ceiling, but I do think that Jalen Green's ceiling is higher than Evan Mobley. I think if both players pan out, Jalen Green will have a bigger impact on the league as a whole than Evan Mobley. You also have, you also have to ask, well, because, just because of the position that he plays. If Jalen okay. Green turns out to be a superstar, he's going to have the ball in his hands more than Evan Mobley will. Like If Evan Mobley turns out to be a star, which I think he will be, he's going to impact the game in other areas, not necessarily on the stat sheet like a Jalen Green will. Like Evan Mobley's pick and roll defense will help his team create stops. That doesn't show up in a stat sheet unless he's blocking shots or, or, you know, getting rebounds. Jalen Green has the opportunity to become a a 30 plus a night guy that hits the stat sheet. So he, I think, has a higher ceiling than Mobley does. What I'm torn between these two guys is – the Rockets have to get a big man. You know, the the Rockets have to find a way to get a big man on this roster, whether it's a guy like an Evan Mobley or whether it's a guy, you know, like a, like a Kai Jones from Texas. Um, I know that there's a couple other guys, one from Georgia, his name um, isn't, you know, top of the mind right now, but, The Rockets have to get a big man, whether it's in free agency or the draft. If you pass on Evan Mobley, I hate leaving the chances of getting that big man in the draft to chance because you don't know what's going to happen at 23 or 24 where the Rockets are slated to draft right now. Now, correct me. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. But before, like, I assumed, now it might be wrong of me to assume, but I thought you were Team Mobley. Am I? Am I wrong to say that? No, I'm. I'm a. If I'm in my head right now, and they said you have to make the second, you have to make the pick. I would take Evan Mobley. Okay. But the more I watch of Jalen Green, the more I like of Jalen Green because he's the prototypical 2021 NBA player. Good size, can run the floor, can finish at the rim. I will say this, and and you tell me if I'm completely nuts for saying this. I think if he doesn't, if because there's always a bust chance with all these guys, right? I think at worst he's Lou Williams. His game remind 
Yeah, his game reminds okay. me of Lou Williams a little bit. Like, he's always going to be a scorer. Can his body continue to develop to be able to play against? It's one thing to play against the G League. Like, I see a lot of people saying, well, he played great against the G League. Yeah, I mean, okay, I get that. But the NBA is completely different than the G League. So his development, body type-wise, has to continue in order for him to be a great player at the next level. His – the bust potential – let me put it this way. The bust potential for Jalen Green scares me more than the bust potential of Evan Mobley. Because <laughs> I think Evan Mobley is going to be – See, I'm different. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where I'm at with the two. Like, I am Team Mobley, but I'm Team Mobley at, like, 56.5%. And 43.5% is Jalen Green. Like, it's, yeah. clo- it's close. I can be talked into Jalen Green, but I, I, I'm I still taking Evan Mobley. Yeah, and we do have a live audience here on Green Room chiming in in the chat right now. So I appreciate everyone that has come to listen to us live. We will be bringing people up on stage to get your opinion uh, throughout the show. So stay stick around. Stay tuned for that. But I just want to get the first part of the show out of the way where it's just Mike and I, so we can kind of introduce the subject and and kind of kick things off. So the thing with me and when it comes to when it comes to Evan Mobley, right, is I think there are fewer prospects that are like Evan Mobley than there are like Jalen Green that we've seen. And Jalen Green, I, I, my opinion, he could be like a Donovan Mitchell. And I would love that that kind of guy on our team, right? I think Donovan Mitchell – and whether Donovan Mitchell is the number one option on a team uh, for a champion or not, we've yet to see it. But he's been the number one option at least for a team that, um, you know, has made it to the number one seed in the Western Conference, the best record in the NBA. But what has that team also proven, the Utah Jazz? That they need a really good defensive center. And that's what Evan Mobley can be. And – you could also argue that Kevin Porter could be that, you know, alpha scorer type that would match with with uh, Evan Mobley. So, like, I think if you look at Kevin Porter and Jalen Green, they could be the most dynamic backcourt in the NBA for the next decade. They really could. Or you could look at it from a more balanced perspective and say, oh, if you get Evan Mobley, well, then you at least have, um, you know, you have that that big man that, that the Rockets do need. Like, Christian Wood could be that guy too. Like, that's that's also a reason to not draft Mobley is, is you do have a center um, that can play the five, but also with Christian Wood, there's questions about whether he's good enough defensively, whether he matches the timeline of the Rockets. I also do think that uh, Rockets fans are a little bit concerned about drafting a big man because we've seen... I guess we've looked at James Wiseman and how out of the top three in last year's draft, he seems to be the third best option out of those three. And I could see that the the comparisons with that, although I think Evan Mobley is a far better prospect than James Wiseman was. On top of that, um, I think he's way better defensively too. And that to me, like they're the thing about Evan Mobley and the reason why I think people call him a unicorn is because they he doesn't really match like one specific big, but there are aspects to his game that mirror every single other. Like I've seen a little bit of Gobert in his defense. I see a little bit of Anthony Davis. I see a little Ooh. bit of Bam. I see a little bit of 
of each of the most successful bigs in the game. That's what makes Evan Mobley so enticing to me as a prospect is that he has so many layers to his game and he's only 19 years old. So that's only going to develop further. Now, let me, let me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you this real quick. Do you agree? Rudy Gobert is the, is the problem with the jazz. He's a hundred percent the problem for that team. Well, the thing is, well, you could, Okay, so but the, but the <laughs> thing is, Mike is yet I I see what you're I see where you're going, but also the Jazz wouldn't be as good without Rudy Gobert either. Yeah, but he's such a liability offensively. He does nothing on the offensive end, and the Clippers expose that by the type of game that they played. Now the thing with the thing with you but and the thing I is, that, Evan Mobley is not Rudy Gobert. He has exactly. enough offense. He has enough exactly. offense to not like. That's the thing. He's he's offensively able to create he, exactly. he can be a secondary ball handler where the ball doesn't always have to be in john wall's hands or kevin porter's hands so that is why evan mobley is such a unique prospect is that he can do x y z a b c he's not just a one note kind of guy which you know i guess you could say rudy gobert is but at least rudy gobert is the damn best defender in the nba but it means nothing because he's never okay. And, and yeah, you would like you would like a guy that can do more, and that's why I think Evan Mobley is so hard to pass up on because he can yeah. do so many things for you. The right. only issue is it's so hard. The thing is, honestly, I think the biggest thing that is against Evan Mobley is you have to pass up on Jalen Green. Well, yeah, I mean, that, look, that's a fantastic point, and the thing is. The one thing I'll tell Rockets fans, if you're worried about drafting a big guy at number two, is look at who's left in the playoffs. You've got the Suns who are up 3-1. You have DeAndre Ayton. You look in the Eastern Conference, you've got uh, Milwaukee and you have Atlanta. Milwaukee has Brooke Lopez, a legit seven-footer. You've got Atlanta who's got Clint Capella. You have to get a legit big man. And Jeremy, you and I are never going to agree I feel like, and it, it's one of the endearing parts of our, our relationship, is you think Christian Wood can be that, that dominant big man defensively for the Rockets in the middle? I will whoa, never. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so you said big man. Like, you, you made reference to you think Christian Wood can be the big man for the Rockets. I don't agree with that. They have to get a center. If, because Christian Wood's game is not near the basket. He's long and lanky, and he'll block you some shots, and that's why he averaged nearly two blocks a game. But he'll never be a defensive anchor. Christian for this Wood team. can't be a small ball five. He can be a small ball five. Yes, he cannot. He cannot. He needs uh, to play next to another big. Okay, so right, and that I'm. Some people will say you and I wanted John Collins. John Collins is not happening. He's not leaving Atlanta. Yeah, he played too well. We we it's, were ahead of the curve on that. Mike. Yeah, congrats to us. We obviously. were we were ahead of the curve on that. Congratulations to you and mm-hmm. I. But if I had to choose, I would rather get Christian Wood a center instead of getting Christian Wood a power forward, if that makes sense to you, Jeremy. Like, I don't want a power forward next to Christian Wood unless it's a guy like a Julius Randle who's got some some girth. You're playing with two bigs. You, you, give, you give him some size next to him. Right. And so... Evan, you know, you know, shockingly, who would be the perfect big next to Christian Wood would have been Clint Capella. Um, that's who I compare Evan Mobley to is Clint Capella with some offensive game. 
But I think he's more of the more I watch of him, he reminds me a lot of Bam Adebayo. Like Evan Mobley, I think is Bam Adebayo 2.0. And the question is, you know, if you have the number two pick in the draft, are you taking a Bam yes. or are you taking a Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I, look, it's a great question. And Jalen Green, let me let. I think you and I need to preface this conversation. I don't think we did this at the beginning. The Rockets, if they stay at number two and they take one of these two guys, I'm giving the draft grade at least an A. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the, like, they can't. This is a this is about one of the best problems you can have in the NBA. Exactly. But it's a question of what do you want? And th- here's the deciding factor to me is. You already have Kevin Porter Jr. Jalen Green, I feel like, will give you a dynamic backcourt, and I would be excited about that, but not as excited as finding my defensive anchor for the next 10-plus years, which I feel like Evan Mobley is. And you hit the nail right on the head that there's not a comparison to Evan Mobley in this draft. I feel like you can find a watered-down version of Jalen Green at some point in the first round. I don't feel the same way about Evan Mobley. He's a one-of-a-kind prospect in this draft for his immediate impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, to put it in perspective, the Rockets do have 23 and 24, but I don't think the Rockets should look at 23 and 24 about who they can get and use that to justify picking Evan Mobley or Jalen Green. This is a very sure. unique perspective in... The Rockets just need to take the better player. And because the draft is subjective, there are multiple arguments for either one. And I'm curious to see what some of our listeners have to say. So if you would like to come up, any of our listeners that are listening to us live right now on Spotify Green Room, feel free to hit that request button and we will let you come up on here and and contribute to this conversation with your voice. Uh, We'd love to hear from you guys. To, to see what y'all have to say, what y'all have to add to the conversation, because there are so many different angles to this. And honestly, Mike and I kind of feel the same way about this. We, we feel very fluid about this. We feel like, we, I think both of us are kind of leaning Evan Mobley, but I think Mike said earlier that like you were like 57% Evan Mobley right now. 56%? Yeah, uh, 56 and a half. 56 and, and a half. Uh, Forty-three and a half percent, Jalen Green, and and I'm I I don't I wouldn't put a specific number on it, but right now I would probably take Evan Mobley too. But if the right Jalen Green argument comes up, I could be sold. So Same. I'm really curious to see if anyone has any opinions on this in the chat. If anyone would like to come up, Charles, I think you you put a speaker request in there earlier, so uh, it's still in here. So I'm going to let Charles come up and speak. Yep. Charles, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Good. Thanks for bringing me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. Uh, first of all, I agree with you guys and the idea that like you can't go wrong, right? Like you're. It's just like you're gonna get like either a dude who I feel like has the highest floor in the class in Jalen Green, given just like you know he's gonna be a bucket, um, or a dude who has legitimate defensive player of the year upside. So you know, I don't think you can go wrong. I just think that Mobley's upside, I think I think about it, I come about it a little bit differently. I feel like Mobley's upside is just so high where it's like legitimate top 15 player, like a dude that's a DPOI that doesn't get worse in the playoffs, right? And that's rare. That's so Charles, rare. Charles, yeah, let me ask you this real quick. If you look at the teams that are left in the playoffs, right, you look at Atlanta, 
Atlanta has a ball dominant guard in Trey mm-hmm. Young. They have yeah. Kevin Herter who plays next to Trey Young, but it's very clear who the ball dominant guard is. You look in Phoenix, mm-hmm. you've got Devin Booker and you've got Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Chris, yeah. Chris Paul is very clearly the ball distributor on that team. My question is, if you get a guy like Jalen Green and you've got Kevin Porter Jr., who, number one, who is the ball-dominant guard, or can a co-habitat, what's, what's the word, term, Jeremy? Like, co-exist. can they co- yeah, can they coexist can they together? Co-exist. That's a huge question for me and why I lean Evan Mobley, because I feel like both of those guys have to have the ball in their hands. I think KPJ's passing upside makes it so theoretically their skill sets can mesh, but also, right, you have to factor in, are you going to be able to develop both of them? Are they both going to be happy, right, not being, like, maybe the clear-cut guy, like, if they split 50-50? Like, I, I'm a big, like, when I think about initiators, I, I think a lot of the time about their passing upside, more even more than their scoring upside, because, like, that determines how easy it is to stop in the playoffs a lot of time. Yeah, a lot. No, no, that's that's a good point. But I use that Atlanta and Phoenix comparison. It, it's a lot, though. You know, it's hard for two mm-hmm. guys to coexist in the same backcourt if one doesn't have a clear, defined role as the facilitator of the offense. I think you're more likely if if Jalen Green is the pick. I do think Kevin Porter will be the eventual guy to mm-hmm. to kind of lead the offense, but at least. You have that secondary ball handler in in uh, in Jalen, and Jalen can take over whenever. Similar to how Utah has kind of Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, you know, right. you see Donovan Mitchell able to, mm-hmm. you know, just take over games whenever he chooses. And I think I saw something earlier on my Twitter feed about how, like, in in the last five minutes of games, like Jalen Green shoots like above forty percent, like in clutch time. So like. You know, as as a closer, like Jalen Green could be that guy, or or Kevin Porter can be that guy throughout the game. So I don't think there's going to be an issue of coexistence between KPJ and Jalen, and I also don't think there's going to be an issue of coexistence between Evan Mobley and Christian Wood because we've seen how honestly you could argue that Christian Wood's best, most successful, most valuable minutes this year came when he was on the floor with Kelly Olynyk. So. We've seen that Christian Wood can play next to a big. So that only further pushes and supports my argument of this is really about who is the better player. It has nothing to do with the current fit of the roster. It has nothing to do with who you could get later in the draft. You have the number two pick. You were the worst team in the league last year. You need to take the best player available at the second overall pick. And that's that's the question we pose today because the answer could be – you know, everyone's got a different answer and everyone has different reasoning. And a lot of people's reasonings are, are pretty valid. One thing on the Mobley um, and p- the potential Mobley and Woodfit, uh, that has the upside of being, like, incredibly hard to stop theoret- in the theoretical playoff run, right? Like, if, if you think about it, like, how the league's trending small and how, like, it's exchanging size for skill and perimeter defense, having dudes that can defend on the perimeter but can also, like, bang with you on the inside and are also kind of dominant interior guys. Like, that is that is potentially be scary, a scary matchup for any team, right? Yeah. Because with Green, it's like, I, I, I'm pretty confident that you'll get a good offense and it's not going to be an offense that's going to sputter in the playoffs. Um, but is it going to be enough, right? Like, you have to have something elite, 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 you know what I mean, to be a real championship contender. 
I think there's no wrong answer in how to build a team. Because also, if we're thinking about this too, right, I, I think there are different ways to build a champion. And you don't necessarily, like, in the way you build a champion in 2021 is probably going to be very different than how you build a champion in 2024. And maybe a little bit closer to the Rockets timeline in 2027, 2030, and beyond. So I don't know exactly what the perfect scenario is in terms of getting the right guy for today. Because there's just so many variables to it. I do think, though, that a big a big reason why I would go Mobley is because... Mobley is just, he's a little, like, I, I never think, si- I think I think the center is more, and, and not just a center, but a center that can create is more about how the game is going. We've seen the last three, the three, the last three MVPs have been all big men, I guess, or, I mean, if you want to take out, I guess Embiid's not MVP, but if you look at the three most impactful players on a team this year, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, you're starting to see more of where teams are going in terms of fit. And yes, there's also a a bunch of teams too that, you know, like Luka, Trey, Devin Booker, where uh, a two guard is incredibly important or a point guard. And that's also kind of where the Rockets are building. You need both. That's the thing is you need, you need both a guard and you need a center that that can that can create. You need right. a creation in the post, you need creation in in the backcourt. And the thing is that's also what makes this such a hard decision is because these two guys play such totally different games. And I'm really curious to see how this goes out and I want to hear from other people. So Charles, I'm going to let other people with speaker requests come up. So if you have any last thoughts, feel free to air them out right now. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, uh, thank you for having me on. I guess my, my biggest question with Green is what level can he get to as a passer, right? Because it's not just, you know, perimeter creation. It's perimeter playmaking that, that specifically that, that we see as being super valuable. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very well said. Thank you, Charles. Everyone, feel free to double to – or I guess never mind. I guess I was going to give Charles a chance to get some gems before we go, but uh, he said no thank you, and he went right back to the audience. But I'm going to let Tobias up. And he's got something to say. So, Tobias, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I've got, you know, two of the best prospects in the NBA draft I'm fighting about. I can't complain. Facts. Right. But uh, feel free to drop your takes. Any Anything that uh, can add to our conversation, we'd love to hear it. I mean, like, uh, well, firstly, like, I'm like a Rockets fan. So, like, I'm going to try my best not to, like, like down either one of the prospects because like, I'm a big fan of like both prospects and like depending on like who we end up choosing later in the draft you know I'm gonna end up having to be a fan of one of these guys eventually but um I am part of like I guess with like the green gang or whatever like I'm a I'm a Jalen fan and I just feel like the way these guys like the way we've been uh a lot of people approach the argument for green I feel like they approach it a little bit wrong because I feel like if you look at green and you look at Mobley and you compare them as draft prospects right the argument for Mobley is always going to be stronger, like in terms of pure draft prospects, like the idea of like a unicorn big, it's always been loved. Like to me, it's like the third favorite draft template for like draft guys and gyms. It's like right under like the 
the wing point guard template like Luca and the Cades and and then right under like number one is like those freak of nature hoopers like Zion and LeBron and stuff like that. But it's just something about these unicorn bigs that we fall in love with. But my argument for Green is that the high end outcome for players with green skill set, while maybe not as where, is more valuable than any outcome this side of Kevin Durant or maybe Anthony Davis when it comes to Evan Mobley. It's and the reason I say that is because elite scoring from the most important part of the court, and I'm talking about like the perimeter, is just like that much val- is that like that valuable in the NBA. And when I talk about that, like it's not even just his skill set, it's his intangibles. When you listen to people talk about him, like Bobby Brown, we got Jared Jack, we got Brian Shaw from the G League Ignite, you even got Pandemic Paul speaking about this guy, about how great this guy is. And when I talk about this guy as a scorer, a lot of Rockets fans probably just think like I'm in like that group of people that's like, we want to hurry up and push for like that number one score instead of just trying to get us a foundation piece. But that's not really it. The thing is, is when you're drafting top three or top four or top five, it's if you see the like the chance to get that guy, because in every draft that guy isn't available. But if that drug, if, if you believe that that guy is available, that he's there, you have to choose him, even if he's not the safe pick. And when you look at a lot of recent and past drafts, there's like a lot of big L's. Like we could point to like, Aiden over Trey and Luca, we could point to Ryzen over Lamelo and different stuff like that. But a lot Tobias, of people, and, Tobias well, let me ask you this real quick: Do you think that the Suns would be up three-one on the Clippers if the Clippers had Evan Mobley instead of Zubak? Probably not. They probably it'd probably be a little bit closer. That's my point. That's why you need a guy like Evan Mobley. That's my that's that's where I'm coming from with it. I get Jalen Green can put the ball in the hole. You're not going to win in today's NBA if you do not have some sort of above average big man. I feel like the the age of needing the big man is back. You have to have one. But Tobias does bring up a very good point where and I think this is exactly why you're hearing Jalen Green being considered for the number one overall pick is because he can be that scorer down the stretch. Like, you look at last night's game with, with the Bucks and the Hawks, or I guess two nights ago from when this will be released, but, I mean, Chris Middleton won that game for uh, for the Bucks because yeah. he was just that dude scoring down the stretch, and you need a guy like that. And here's my thing. I think that most Rockets fans – like, I was really surprised. We threw up a, a poll after after draft night or lottery night, and I threw up a poll. I said, Mobley, Green, or Suggs? And I, I knew Suggs would kind of be the, the third. I assumed that it would be Mobley about 50%, Jalen Green about 30%, and then Suggs maybe about 20 15%. It turned out that Jalen Green actually got the majority of the votes. It was a plurality. He only got 40% of the votes, and Mobley had about 38 But I think it also goes to show – why Rockets fan like what Rockets fans want over the last 10 years we have built our team through our backcourt because we've had James Harden and James Harden has been that guy for us he's been the guy that we count on to get a bucket at the end of the game and we have built our team secondary wise through our backcourt with Russell Westbrook Chris Paul so I think it, it just naturally we gravitate towards the guard position because I think we see more Jalen Green in a James Harden than we do Evan Mobley. And also, I think, and, and look, this is exactly, like, you, Tobias, you explained exactly why, you know, you take Jalen Green. is because he can be that guy. And, and to be honest, I think his floor 
is actually lower than Evan Mobley's. I think when when you do take a center that's seven foot, I do think you have to be wary of injuries, and I do think you have to be wary of you know just. And I also think that Jalen Green is more NBA ready, and the fact that he has had so many people in his corner, so many reputable people, uh, and him being in the bubble, I do think that definitely helps his his uh, draft candidacy is because he has played. He is more NBA ready, in my opinion. I do think that. If, if in terms of rookie of the year, I think I would take Jalen Green over Evan Mobley. But we're also not looking at just 2022. We're looking at 2032, and we want to take the best player in 2032. And Jalen Green will be a really good player in 2032. I have no doubt about that. Um, but also, we have to keep in mind: Can Kevin Porter be that guy? Yeah. And if the Rockets believe that Kevin Porter can be that guy, if they already have that guy, then. Maybe you do try to get a more balanced roster. You do try to get an Evan Mobley, who is also a can't-miss prospect at a position that you probably need a little bit more to complete your team rather than a guy like Jalen Green, who will definitely improve the team and will definitely raise the stock. But also, if it, it, I'm curious to see how much they believe in Kevin Porter. And I don't necessarily think that them picking Green over Mobley will show how they feel about uh, Jalen Green, nor if they pick Mobley over Green, that's how they feel about Wood. But I think it goes to show, like, you do, like, Evan Mobley and Jalen Green are both pieces to a championship puzzle. The question is for the Rockets puzzle right now, which one is the better fit? And the thing is, it's so difficult to tell because the pieces are so very similar, yet they're incredibly different in terms of, uh, in terms of shape. But the thing is, they're so far away from a complete puzzle that you don't know exactly what it's – you don't know how Kevin Porter is going to uh, turn out. You know, you think that he can be that guy because he has dropped 50 in a game before and he has shown up in these big moments and his and his growth has shown signs of, you know, exponential exponential tendencies. But also you got to keep in mind there are, there are picks down the line as well and – you know, there's there's so many variables to this, and and I'm glad that you brought up this Jalen Green side because I feel like we were kind of giving Mobley a little bit of that edge, but you know, we kind of do need to recognize here this is really a neck and neck race here, in my opinion, and I think that's why Mike and I feel the same way. It's you know, the Rockets are going to get a good player regardless, and look, I'll say this though, say Jalen Green does does go number one, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But if Jalen Green does go number one, I do think Cade would have to come number two to the Rockets. But I, I think that's all smoke and mirrors. I think the Pistons are doing their due, due diligence and not committing to one pick because then it gives them flexibility. You know, you never know what kind of offers you're going to get for that number one pick. If a team offers you seven first for Cade, you, you got to at least listen to it, you know? Um, or wait, wait, wait. You someone- wouldn't take, you wouldn't take seven. If you're Detroit, you get offered seven first-round picks for Kate Cunningham. Would you do that? You got to listen to it. Would I'm asking you? It's would difficult you? because the thing is, the Pistons have been a team that has consistently struggled in the draft because they haven't gotten that real top pick. Now they have. They finally have the number one pick for the first time in 50 years. So they definitely need to. And I think the direction in which their team is is heading is also they're on the right track. Same with the Rockets. So. Like, it's something I, I think they need to stick with the pick and take Cade. But the thing is, they're not committing to that. And it's smart because you, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. Like, nothing is a guarantee in the NBA. And that's also why I think the Rockets are being 
you know, kind of coy about, or at least uh, Raphael Stone was also kind of like, you know, we have to do what's best for us with the pick, whether we keep it, whether we trade it, because you never know what someone's going to offer you or what's going to happen, you know? So that to me, like the Rockets are doing their due diligence. They're doing the right thing. The Pistons are doing the right thing, but but I do think that Cade's going to go number one, and either Evan Mobley or Jalen Green's going to go number two. It's still, I think we're going to be talking about this for the next month because I could see this going flip flops back and forth, back and forth, all the way up until the night of the draft when we finally figure out on July 29th who is going to be a Houston Rocket. I'm going to tell you this, Jeremy. I know the name of the room, and I know he is not in this room. Don't sleep on Jalen Suggs. I'm going to say that right now. That's my dark horse in this in this whole thing for the Rockets. But, but Mike, you cannot I, look at Evan Mobley and Jalen Green and pass on both of them. I'm not saying – listen to me. I'm not saying – Jalen Suggs is going to have a long, nice career. I'm but just saying. he is not going to be as good as Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. Would you – Tobias, I want, I want you to back me up here. Would you agree with what I said or would you, would you agree with what Mike said about Suggs? Yeah, I've been high on green for a while. I remember back when guys had Suggs like three, I was kind of heated back in the day. Okay, so yeah, I mean, look, Suggs is, Suggs is probably real solid at number four because I do think that the um, the jump from three to four is pretty significant. And I also think the jump from four to five is pretty significant. I think Jalen Suggs is about as tightly wedged into four as you possibly can at this point in the draft because he's in like a tier of his own and there's so much space between him up and down. So Jalen Suggs is going to make a nice Toronto Raptor. I think he's going to make a lot of, I think he's going to, I think Toronto's going to love him. I think he'll fit real nicely there. As long as Toronto keeps that pick, I assume they will. So Jalen Suggs is going to have a nice career up in the six, but it's not going to be as a Houston Rocket, unfortunately. So let me ask you this, though. I mean, just this isn't about Mobley. It's not about Sugg. It's not about anybody. My question to you is, would you prefer to have a guy like a Jalen Suggs, like you just said, who's guaranteed, not guaranteed, but more than likely will have a really nice career, be a really nice NBA player, or do you prefer to go boom or bust in the draft? It's, an inter- it's a question that has plagued draft boards in every single sport for years, and they will forever. Do you prefer the, think, the boom bust or a guy like Jalen Suggs? Because I could be talked into Jalen Suggs. When you have the number two pick, you need to pick a boom player. I'm sorry. You can't just take I get a run-of-the-mill player at number two overall. If you're drafting, say, number number eight, number nine, maybe you take a guy that's a safe pick. But when you go number two, number three, you have the options to take these potential, you know, all NBA guys, these potential Hall of Fame guys, and I'm not afraid to put that on these guys right now because usually every draft class has at least one or two Hall of Famers. So I and and the chances are they're gonna be one of the first players taken off the board. So you need to take that opportunity. And the thing is about Rockets fans is we're not used to the draft. We have not had a draft like this in so long where we've actually like needed to like talk about it. Like I remember the draft. Like I've been with I've been with the Dream Shake for five years now. I think this is the first time we've had a first round pick since I've been at the Dream Shake. Yeah, I don't. I, think, that's about right. Like I can't remember a time that we had. Can can Tobias? Can you name a first round pick that we've had that we've drafted in the last five years? 
No, not at all. I can't think of one. So, no. like, this is this is new territory for me as as a as someone who writes for the Dream Shake. So I'm I'm learning along with you guys. And and the thing is, it's it's interesting. It's it's very interesting because I think it's a very unique way to to cover a team, and I'm really excited about it. The the potential with this team is limitless in my eyes. And so you have to take you. a guy because also Mike. Jalen Suggs, I think, could be like a Mikel Bridges. I think that's kind of – that's my comp for him. I think he could be like a fourth or a fifth guy for a very good team, and I do think he will play very important minutes in his NBA career. But I don't think he's going to be better than the fourth or fifth guy for a really good team, whereas Jalen Green and Evan Mobley could be A or B options for a championship team someday. And I think out of the three guys, I think the person with the most – bust potential is Jalen Suggs, but Ooh, I, no. I do. I do. I think I, I think the lowest floor out of those three guys is Jalen Green, which is why I would argue for picking Jalen Green at number two. But at the same time, when you have the number two pick, you have to try to get the best player available. You can't play it safe. You I'm gonna, can't play it safe. The, the one thing I would say about a guy like Jalen Suggs is the weakest spot on this roster right now is the wing position. The way I see it, like so you, you get your wings and you get your wings later in the draft, or you get yeah. your wings in free agency. They have so many wings on the on the roster already. Yeah, but they but, they get the wings in free agency. Okay, but understand the, what my point is. is you the look wing, at a guy. In my opinion, Mike, wings. Sorry to cut you off, but the wings no, are the toughest position to, in my eyes. The wing's the toughest position to, like, evaluate in terms of draft prospects because, you, like, sometimes you see them with the ball, sometimes, but most of the time you don't. And the defense, you're not sure if the defense translates. So that's why I like more proven commodities in in free agency through veterans. Sure. Uh, you're, not, you're not sure how they'll fit in a specific offense. So, and in my eyes, Jay Sean Tate is going to be uh, perfectly fine. And That's he'll a- be that, and he'll be that wing for us. I, the the Rockets, like, and it, look, if the wing was going to be the number two pick in the draft, and he was the second best player in the draft, fine, you take him. But for me, right now, the 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 decision is between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. Jalen Suggs, that island is the Suggs island is drifting further and further away, and we're moving forward with the Mobley mob and the Green gang. And I'm sorry to the Suggs squad, but. Uh, y'all are y'all are going to be on that island heading to Toronto. That, that was one of the greatest fifteen seconds I've ever heard of you on a podcast. Like oh, you hit you. that so you were like, "We're team." What did you say, Mobley Mob? You have me on Twitter then. If you you, I mean, come on, like this, Green Gang. No, 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 no. I've seen it. For this. No, I've seen it. I'm just saying, like you just rifted that like over like a fifteen second period. Like that was good. That was gold. You know, sometimes um, 170 episodes of a podcast, you know, yeah, sometimes you'll, you'll come out with things like that. But Tobias, I don't want to uh, make you feel like you're the third wheel up here. So uh, I want to give you uh, any final thoughts you have on, on Jalen Green, on, on Evan Mobley, like any, any pros, any more pro green propaganda from the green gang or any anti Mobley propaganda, or I don't want to call it anti Mobley propaganda. Cause you said earlier that you don't want to, you know, bash any prospect. And the thing is, we shouldn't be like these two are exceptional prospects and whoever the Rockets get, we should be really happy with. So any last thoughts on, on what, uh, on this subject, Mobley versus green. 
Yeah, I just got like a little statement and then like a question afterwards. So like for sure, for like with the draft, like the last thing I want to say is like like we said, like with the number two pick when you're picking this high in the draft, like you want to try to get like that boom or bust guy. You have to take risk and like. I always say, like, people's two favorite things are, like, free food and, like, revisionist history. Back in the day, like, we didn't love Luca, We didn't love LaMelo. We didn't love Trey. We didn't love Steph. We didn't love Harden. We didn't love Booker at first. It's like each of these players, like, those guys, guys that got drafted at two, at three, at nine, at 13, at these different spots and stuff like that. And it's like drafting those guys and seeing what they became is, like, what changed our perspective and what made us draft different in the future. And, like, when people talk about these bigs, like in these past drafts, like wise men and they bring up Aiden, they say like they don't have the same flaws, right? They're like they mean they have a lot of flaws that like Mobley doesn't possess. And like I would ask people that I would ask people the question. So if Mobley was in those drafts, like with Luca, with Trey, with uh Moran, all those different guys, that with LaMelo, Mobley probably would have won one as well. Right? Ooh. I think that's why eight, I think that's why Aiden went one. That's I, a good, I think that's, that's, a good I question. Think that's why DeAndre Aiden went one. And I'll say this, you do need to take risks when you're drafting at the top. And in my opinion, the bigger risk between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green is Evan Mobley. And that's why I lean more Mobley today. And I think Jalen Green is a safer pick because I do think that his floor is a little bit higher. But Evan Mobley's ceiling, in my opinion, is higher than Jalen Green's. So that's why I lean more Mobley. But I, and I also think that if Cade were not in this draft, Evan Mobley would go number one, and I think he'd be the undisputed number one pick. I think that it'd be very difficult, and I think in most drafts, Evan Mobley goes number one. What's your question? The question was, yeah. I mean, it was really that, and then also it was like, well, if Mobley went one of those drafts, do you believe that Mobley's a truly better player than like Luka is now, or like Trey is now, or like those players that he would have been drafted over? Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Tobias. I appreciate you coming up. And, uh, yeah, feel free to double-tap Tobias's profile, gem him up before he heads back to the audience. And a going once, going twice, and he's back in the audience. But I guess to answer Tobias's question, you know, because we're looking at the 2018 draft, right? The three years from now. So three years from now, do I think that we will be better than – a Luca or a Trey, Mike. I guess I'll let you answer that question first because I'm still trying to formulate my answer. So the question is: Do I think that he's going yeah, to be three years from now, 2024? Like Evan Mobley's stock, will it be higher than than guys like that right now? No, because he plays a different position. Like you look at a guy like DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is. What would you consider him on Phoenix? The third best player? The second best yeah, player? Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing like, about DeAndre Ayton. He's, he's, not in, he's not more important to Phoenix. I'll say he's the third most important player on that team. DeAndre Ayton might be the first to win a ring for in that class, but he will never be the best player in that class, in my opinion, unless, like, Luka and Trey, like, retire and DeAndre Ayton makes, like, 10 all-star teams. Like, that, that's the only way DeAndre Ayton becomes a better player and a better pick than Luka well, and Trey. Well, he won't. He won't be. But the, I think, I think Tobias, the question should have been phrased in a different manner. You have to ask yourself, in three years, who do you think would have a bigger impact on the Rockets organization? Is it Jalen Green or is it Evan Mobley? Because in my opinion, that's an easy answer. It's Evan Mobley. 
Because Evan Mobley is going to give you something that you do not have right now. Jalen Green is the type of guy that gives you he gives you something you don't have in the sense that he could be a superstar. But if you talk about a, a guy like him who can get buckets whenever he wants, Eric Gordon can get you a bucket whenever he wants, when healthy. Like, Eric Gordon is a guy who's going to well, I don't you. think Eric Gordon's going to be on the Rockets. Uh, well, no, but okay. I, so, I think his time on the Rockets is probably over, to be honest. Okay, so that's a different question for a different mm-hmm. day. But I'm saying as we currently talk, Jalen Green is a guy that his biggest attribute is what? He's a scorer, right? He can get a bucket whenever he wants. You have a guy, you have two guys that can do that right now in, in, uh, in Kevin Porter Jr. and Eric Gordon. Now, if you get rid of Eric Gordon, now you're down to one of these guys. But what you don't have is you don't have a rim protector, a true bona fide rim protector. That's what Evan Mobley will give you, and that's what he would give you over the next three years. That's bigger impact on this team than what Jalen Green could do. That's why I think the pick is Evan Mobley. Yeah. In my eyes, like Jalen Green is a sexier pick. He does yes. more. Yep. He's, he's, like a, he's a flashier player. He has more swagger. And I've seen this like argument on Rockets Twitter about how uh, Evan Mobley or Evan Mobley's not motivated enough, which is, in my opinion, and excuse my language, bullshit. It because bullshit. because we haven't had anything that's proven that. But when compared to Jalen Green, I can see why people might think that you know Jalen Green is a little bit more motivated than Evan Mobley. Jalen Green is like hyper motivated. He's super motivated, and that's awesome. That's exactly what you want. In, in a guy for your team, but that doesn't necessarily erase Evan Mobley's potential, you know, excitement or enthusiasm for basketball or the, you know, ex, ex, like the, the striving to be great or to be the best player ever or anything like that. So I think when it comes to Jalen Green, like Jalen Green is the sexier pick in the draft. He, I think he's the sexiest pick out of the three guys because his stock is the one that's rising the most late in the game, in the 11th hour, and he also has, like, he he went, he didn't choose to go to college, I think that's part of his appeal as a, as a draft prospect right now, is he didn't play college, he played in the NBA, he has experience against actual NBA talent, um, and he's gotten praise from NBA players, Bobby Brown, Rockets, legend, um, in particular his teammate with G League Ignite, so... I think that that you know makes that makes me really excited about Jalen Green. Don't get me wrong, and I like part of me. I think like I read it somewhere. Either it was in a different room that was here on Green Room, or it was maybe in our in our room in the chat for our uh, draft reaction show. But I think someone said. I think it was Vinny uh, Vinny Neto. He said like I I like Mobley, but for some reason I think Jalen Green could be the best player out of this draft. And yeah, I honestly, I honestly could see it too, because I think part of me is concerned a little bit about Mobley and his potential health as a seven footer. But at the end of the day, Mike, we've said it several times. You need a big man in order to win the game. You need a big man in order to win the NBA championship. And, and I don't think you're going to get better seven footers or guys with as high of a ceiling as a, as a center as Evan Mobley. And the thing is, we could go on and on about this and, and rave about these two prospects from now until until draft night, honestly, a month from now. Uh, today is today. The release date of this podcast is June 29th, 
and the draft is July 29th. So for the next month, we're going to be raving about these prospects and not just our shows, but just in conversations with people on Rockets Twitter and just just thinking about it. And also on the DreamShake.com, of all things Houston Rockets, on SPNation.com. Go check out all of our content over there. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about this for a whole month. And in reality, I guess the bottom line of this, whether they take Evan Mobley or whether they take Jalen Green, the Rockets are sitting pretty, and they're in the right direction. Yeah, it's they're they're in a good spot. I take that back. They're in a great spot because yeah. I would be happy with with either. I will say I, I will compare it to this before we wrap up. If they take Jalen Green, the way I stand right now is I would feel a little bit like most Rockets fans felt on the night of the lottery, which was I wish we would have gotten. Evan Mobley, but I'm still really happy with a guy like Jalen Green. Fair Does that enough. make sense? It'd Fair be like, I, I understand that. I'd be a little disappointed, but at the same time, like you can't go wrong with either one of these mm-hmm. guys. As much as you're betting on all of these guys, just like Cade Cunningham. Like that's a that's another thing is everybody's anointing Cade Cunningham as like the next you know guy, and I don't I don't fault them for that, but I do think people get lost in the draft process. They have to remember that it's all a gamble. We don't know. You don't know. Every how. player is a gamble. Exactly. Like some are safer Kate. than others, but yes, every player is a gamble. We're, yeah. we're betting on people's future and nothing that they've done in the past. So exactly. I think this is a good time to park the rocket ship. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of the Dream Taken. For those that tuned in live here on Spotify Green Room, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Taken at Dreamshake SBN on Twitter. You can follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. We are going to continue to do twice a week podcasts here on Spotify Green Room. From now until draft night on July 29th, one month from today. Later this week, we will be discussing potential trades the Rockets could explore in the draft. So we're going to crank up that trade machine. Should be a fun episode. Be sure to tune in and chime in on the conversation at Spotify Green Room. We'll throw out a tweet probably sometime tomorrow or Thursday uh, as more information in regards to when we're recording and when you can uh, add to the conversation. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. And until next time, go Rockets!